Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Feeding and Leading. Uh, Andy Taylor's with me as always. Andy, doing good? I am. I am. Very good. We, uh, we're going to have a, a really good episode today. I say that like, you know, some are actually bad. I mean, you sounded like you were hopeful that it'll be good today. I don't know. Let's just admit it. Some of them are duds. But today will not be a dud because of our Our guest. uh, guest. And uh, we've had a few episodes here going in a row where we've had some really great guests on with us. And today's going to be something um, very particular, very unique. And we have asked Michael Staten uh, to join us. Michael is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Mustang. Michael, you've been the pastor there for just finished year twenty three. Twenty three. I was going to say twenty something. Yep. I didn't know what the I next came in was. November of two thousand. Yes, and so I just finished year twenty three. And uh, Michael is an excellent, exceptional pastor, preacher, theologian. Uh, I really enjoy the the conversations we have. We we kind of have some good text conversations going sometimes on doctrines, and it's it's always fun. Yeah. Um, but in particular, uh, Michael has started something at First Baptist Mustang called the Institutes. And the reason we asked Michael to come on here is as I travel around, and I know the same is true for Andy. I actually have a number of pastors ask me about the Institute. Mm. And uh, when I was pastoring at Emmanuel, we did a thing called the IBC Academy, which was kind of a layperson seminary. But what Michael is doing at First Mustang is taking that a whole nother ratchet up. And uh, a number of people have heard about the Institute at First Mustang. So we thought it would be good to have Michael uh, come on the show here and talk to us a little bit about what it is, why he's doing it, what are the benefits of it. And I know that will springboard into some some more conversation in this episode about discipleship and about doctrinal education. So, uh, Michael, thanks for joining us. Before we dive in, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your family and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, glad to be here. I appreciate it. Um, grateful t- for all the Lord has done for me. I've, like I just mentioned, finished year 23 at First Mustang, which is just the absolute joy of my life in terms of ministry. It's an amazing church. I feel literally and truly profoundly grateful every day mm-hmm. to get to go to, to work and to serve there. Been married to my wife, Marcy, for 27 and a half years. We have two grown sons, Cale and Benjamin. Both are uh, married. Both are living in Mustang, active in our church. Their wives are active in service in our church. So that's a real sweet joy mm-hmm. right now in this season for us and and thankful for that. So um, for me, the, the greatest thrill of my life is to get to do ministry, to get to have the family I have. And right now, at least, those things are very much mm-hmm. entwined together. So it's a special yeah. time. And the, ch- the church is just doing phenomenally well. You guys are making such an impact in the, the community there, Mustang, Yukon, in that area. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I laughed. You sent me that text the other day. And it was a little screenshot of your Sunday school. Right. It was 999. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and all the only thing Michael just said on that text was, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, dude, go out in the parking lot and count a dog. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, the Baptist that's right. way. Get yeah, it to the right. thousand. So. Yeah, we had like – we had something like 
1150 in worship or something like that. <laughs> but the Sunday school number was 999. That was so funny. Man. And so I told my staff, I said, if nothing else, at least this is evidence, not every church pads their numbers. That's exactly right. Because if we did, surely we could. Surely we would have bumped that hey, one up. You know, when they counted, somebody was in the bathroom. Somebody, come on. Somebody. Come on. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the Institute. And let's yep. just first start by you just telling our listeners, what is the Institute at First Baptist Mustang? So the Institute is a two-year Bible training program for men, and they take eight courses, Old Testament 1 and 2, New Testament 1 and 2, the life of Christ, hermeneutics, personal evangelism, and the character of a leader. Okay. And we'll put those in the in the episode Show notes so people can see it. Yeah. So we have those those eight courses and there's some exceptions depending on how things fall, but typically our, our standard course is 10 weeks. And so for those ten, every week, you're watching online lectures. You've got um, reading assignments from textbooks that's a part of the course. You've got quizzes. You've got scripture memory. And then it culminates in a final exam. We just finished Old Testament 2. And that final exam for our men was 255 questions. Um, All multiple choice? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, how, no, what, no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe 50 multiple choice. The rest are just all fill in the blank. Okay. I don't want to give them a chance to guess it right. Yeah. They need to know it. That's brutal. And then they, it's Old Testament 2, so there's a timeline. So, so they, spell Tiglath-Pileser the third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell them, uh, I tell them that the discipline is called scripture memory, not scripture familiarity. So <laughs> yeah. the verse has to be perfect. And the, the spelling uh, has to be at least close enough that it fooled me <laughs> when we graded. Yeah. So they get a, just a blank timeline. And there's, I don't know, 50 or 60 Names, dates, yeah. kings, key events they have to know. Amazing. And so it, it, the, the goal is to take these men after two years that they would know how to interpret the Bible through hermeneutics. They would know the details of the Bible through Old Testament 1, 2, New Testament 1 and 2. They would be more familiar with the person, teaching, and doctrine of Christ through the life of Christ. But I don't want our men to just be intelligent. That's a part of it. Mm -hmm. but, but I want them to also know how to live that out. So personal evangelism, of course, we do. Um, it's the one we just started. And so in personal evangelism, they're learning how to share the gospel, um, how to articulate it, how to engage with people in, in real-life conversations. Because I don't want our men to just – if you're just puffed up with knowledge, mm -hmm. then that, that's, that's not good. Mm -hmm. um, if you're really zealous and obedient but don't know doctrine, then you're trying to obey a God you don't know. Yeah. And so we want to try to marry those two things together, deep knowledge and, and true obedience. So yeah. the, the personal evangelism and the character of a leader are the two courses that we do to make sure that our lifestyle and our behavior is in line with, mm -hmm. with our doctrine. Okay, now a couple of detail questions because I know people are, would ask will ask these and want to know them. Uh, are you doing the online lectures? So are you, are you the, the one that teaches teaches them? I teach in person. The online mm -hmm. lectures are through the Master Seminary. Okay, and so they have a number of courses that are available. Um, we chose the courses for the institute that we do, and we just pulled over some online. So you have like a partnership. With masters yes. on that, yes. Okay. So our Old Testament two course, um, they're they're watching the Old Testament two lectures from Master Seminary. Mm -hmm. they the book assignments are books that I've picked out, syllabus that I've come up with, 
And then every Sunday afternoon, we have an in-person course, a class. That okay, goes so along with every that. Sunday afternoon for 10 weeks? Yes. And how long is that, an hour? About an hour and 15 minutes. We, okay. we meet from uh, 3.45 to right about 5 o'clock. And that, that hour and 15 that you teach, is that kind of a supplemental to, like, you know what the online video is sure. going to be, so, and you're just supplementing? Yeah, so for, for our Old Testament and New Testament courses, they're getting the online lecture from the TMS videos about that book of the Bible. They've got two or three textbooks they're reading about that book of the Bible. And then what I'm doing is, is hopefully supplemental to those mm-hmm. things. And what sometimes I'm giving an overview through the book. Sometimes I'll pick out if there's a particular difficult passage or a particular uh, difficult doctrine that may be in that book. Yeah. I may spend some more time with that. And how long have y'all been doing this at the church? So we started this in 2018. Okay. And so uh, we've had four graduating classes because it takes two years to go through it. This year will be our fifth graduating class. Okay. We have 110 graduates, but 85 current students. So it's yeah. it's it's basically doubling in size every year. And now that you've been doing this for five years and you've seen great participation in it, Kind of talk to us about the impact it has made on your church. Yeah. So when I started this, here, here was my driving conviction. I'm a seminary guy. Like, mm-hmm. like you guys, I've been to seminary mm-hmm. a few times. Um, I still do some things with Master Seminary and um, with their doctoral students. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in seminary. I support them for mm-hmm. sure. I've got good friends of mine that teach at different Baptist seminaries, so I'm, I'm pro-seminary. Mm-hmm. But my, my driving conviction was... People should not have to feel a call to vocational ministry to get theological education. Right. And so there are some people who feel called to preach, called to missions, and they go to seminary, and, and I'm all for that. But how many men are in our churches that aren't called to preach? Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like the church should overlook them. Right. Secondly, I also don't think the church should automatically hand off theological training to the seminaries, even for mm-hmm. those men who are called. Mm-hmm. And so my conviction was, how do we take what traditionally churches hand off to seminaries, and how do we bring that into the local church? And not every single church can do that, and I think every church just has to say, what can we do? What part can we play? At First Baptist Mustang, we we do have the the space and some resources and and some some things that that allow us to to do that. And so uh, I wanted to take theological education— and bring it into the church. I specifically wanted to focus on training the men in our church because I wanted it to be something that would impact families. Mm-hmm. And so many fathers and husbands do not lead out spiritually in their homes, and it's not because they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's because they're untrained right. or they're intimidated. Um, they, they don't feel like they have the knowledge or the time. And so they either just forego it or hand it off to their wife or to say, well, that's what our youth group is for, for my children. And I really wanted to do something that could take our men in our church and equip them in the Word, in spiritual disciplines, where they would be confident to lead out in their families. And that, by far, has been the greatest outcome Mm -hmm. of the Institute. Oh, by the way, we've got some men who are now well-equipped to be good Sunday school teachers. We've Mm -hmm. got a pool of men to choose from for other needs that come up in our church. But the real day-to-day blessing has been 
individual families who now have fathers and husbands who are able to sit their families down in the evening and teach them the Bible and instruct them and lead them biblically and spiritually. Fantastic. I agree a thousand million percent. We've, we've divorced the church. We've separated the church. We've ignored the church too much on theological education. Absolutely. And you get too many church members relying on what they watched on Discovery Channel or what they see online or right. whatever, rather than going to their local church pastor and saying, hey, talk to me about this. Right. And so I agree with you. Very pro-seminary. But, man, we cannot leave the local church out of that. Uh, I agree with that a thousand percent. Yeah, and when you think about theological instruction, a huge part of that needs to be your character and your life. Mm, that, that we're right. watching our doctrine, yes, but also watching our life, our character. Yep. And I can read great textbooks and learn doctrine. Mm-hmm. And I can go online and watch teaching videos. And there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. And, and I can learn doctrine. I, I watch a lot of men preach. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a church junkie, preaching junkie. <laughs> I watch a lot of guys preach. I'm thankful for technology, and I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. What I cannot do is learn their life. Right. What I cannot do is have a relationship with people that I do not know. Right. And so my conviction is... Let's bring education in a purposeful, strategic way into the church and do it in a way where we can impact lives personally. So in our, in our institute, every student's in a cohort of eight, nine, or ten men, mm-hmm. and part of what they do is they meet as a cohort for accountability, for prayer, for discipleship, to do ministry together, because that aspect of having friendships and relationships with other men who are striving to know Jesus better is so important. And you cannot get that just from a textbook. Yeah, that's right. And so I get questions really quite often. You know, I I live out of state. Can I do this? Do you Mm -hmm. live stream this? Can you put this online? And and there's a place for those things. But for what we do, the answer is no, Mm -hmm. because being in person, knowing the teachers, me knowing them, the students knowing each other, is such an important part. Yeah. Now, we've got lots of people from other churches. We've never marketed it to other churches. It's just kind of, oh, by the way, people said, mm-hmm. can, can we come and be a part of this? And, and that's great. We've got men of all ages and from all different churches. But you have to be there in person. Yeah. And, yeah. and part of that is because we don't want to just help men be knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. We want to help them be godly. That's good. And that's got to have both parts. Good stuff. Yeah, and that, that in-person part, not only moves your men towards accountability, but towards responsibility of, of, of beyond just saying, hey, now it's, uh, you know, I'm going to be answerable to you to be here. But, but it also builds that idea of I'm responsible for you and you're responsible Absolutely. for me to, to look over. I, would you talk about a couple of things? Um, number one, uh, and I think I know what's going to come here, but uh, what has been kind of some of the the testimony post graduation from from the guys that have been involved in yeah. it, and and then after that, talk a little bit about maybe there is a, a a church, a pastor that's listening now. Maybe he's in a smaller church. Uh, he's in a, he's in a a church that wants to impact the men of of his uh, of his congregation. How do, how do they get started with something like this? Yep. So, so several things. In terms of a testimony of impact from our church, just imagine this. Instead of you have a need for a Sunday school teacher, instead of just taking someone who, you know, 
you, you ask to do it and they say yes, or instead of doing asking someone to teach just because they, you know, see a need and feel guilty, uh, imagine taking a man who you've already watched go through a two-year program to see what kind of grades they're making, how well do they know the Bible, how are they turning in homework on time, they're in a cohort, how well do they get along with people. So when we take people to, to be a teacher at our church, you have to go through the institute. And that way, we're able to know your knowledge. We're able to know that your commitment level. Um, if you say, I want to be a Sunday school teacher, and you go through the institute, and you flunk out because you don't study, hmm. but that gives us some insight yeah. of what kind of a teacher it would have been. <laughs> so, when you have some doctrinal accountability. 100%. Here too. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, a lot of people can be good teachers, but they're not good with people. Mm-hmm. So you're in a cohort, so we get to find out how do you interact with people. So mm-hmm. testimony from the church would be it's just an amazing tool to, to help our teachers and our teaching ministry in our church be stronger. As far as a testimony from a church where I can give you one I just got literally last week. It was from a, a wife of a graduate who stopped me in, last week, and she said, I wish you could know how the Institute turned our marriage around. Mm. She said our marriage wasn't miserable. We, we weren't fighting. It wasn't that we didn't get along, but there just was not uh, a component of my husband leading our family spiritually. Mm. And she said when he went through the Institute, he began to teach us what he was learning. He would share with us things that he was learning in class. We would help him prepare for his final exams. Our kids are asking questions. I'm asking questions. They're <laughs> learning the material yeah. from that. And she said now we look at him as a strong spiritual leader in our home and for our family. And Incredible. she said, I just want you to know how much the Institute has changed our marriage, not mm-hmm. from not from bad to good, mm-hmm. but from good people and a, and, a, and a good man who now the change is he's got the confidence and the knowledge yeah. to be able to lead and it's teach amazing. his family spiritually. When I hear things like that, it just absolutely fires, fires me up. Yeah, of course. So your other man. question of, you know, what can what can pastors do? Um, probably every single week I, I get a call from a pastor asking me what we do and, and how they can do it. And and I walk, in fact, just yesterday, I just spent a couple of hours with the Oklahoma pastor yesterday walking him through what we do. And, and I would love for people to, to do exactly what we do or take what we do and, and make it better. But I'll also tell guys, you, you just do something purposeful to train your men. Right. And so my question to a pastor would be, if a church member came up to you and said, I want to be steeped in theological training. What does this church have for me? I think every pastor needs to have a good answer to that question. And part of it includes preaching 100%. I mean, you guys know me. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the pulpit's mm-hmm. paramount in my mind. But, but that's, while you, that's essential. I don't think it's the only thing that, that a good, healthy church needs. And so my question to a pastor would be, if a young man came up to you and said, I'm willing to devote two years of my life to something, or I'm willing to invest some extra time into something, how deep can you take me? Mm. What would be the answer to that question? Mm. And it may not be exactly what we do, but it needs to be, in my opinion, something. There needs to be a plan mm-hmm. of something. And yeah. so, and I will yeah. say just very candidly, very candidly, when I walk pastors through what we do, one of the first obstacles that comes up are pastors who will tell me that's it just seems like a lot of work, mm-hmm. like for, for the pastor. Yeah. And and it absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, I was building eight courses as we went, and then I was refining them. Now by this point, now, we've wait gone a minute. through them and building them 
while you were in it, you were building it. So you're building the airplane oh, while you're flying. 100%. Okay. 100% because I'm putting together a syllabus and trying to pick textbooks and assignments and figure out what are our quizzes and building final exams. I'm doing that all myself. Yeah. Class notes, class handouts. So the first couple of years were extremely difficult. And like for me, a normal Sunday for me, I preach at 9 and 1030. I teach the Institute at 345 and I preach our evening service at 5. And so... That's four sermons on Sunday, three separate preps. So it, it is very difficult. However, the results have, yeah. have far exceeded any, any amount of work. Yeah. And so the thing I would have to tell, I tell pastors and I walk them through it, is you've got to be willing to say, we're going we're gonna to do something very, very hard up front for the end game of, of what we're pursuing. So Yeah, so you have to have a longer-term vision of this than just what immediately is going to be For sure. Out. And, 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 and the other thing I would say with that is this wasn't some, I mean, God's sovereign. I, I believe that with all my heart. He, he can do what he wants, of, of course. But as best I can discern, you know, my commitment and, and how I'm trying to fulfill the calling God's given me, I also saw this as I need to, I, the church is not going to be here a long time. Because if you go through all this work and you get this started and, and then the pastor leaves, yeah. well, then, then it falls apart. Yeah. And so to me, when we started this, it was also a way of the church knowing, you know, I, I plan to be here. Like, I mm-hmm. plan to see this through and, and to get this going. And now, I told somebody yesterday, I feel like I'm on a treadmill at 15 miles an hour, and it, it, you, you can't get off of it. I, and I, I don't want to, but, yeah. but I would yeah. I, I can't, you know, because yeah. we, we do new sign-ups every, every spring, and we've got our largest group of year one students this year out of the, out of the six years we've had, you know, enrollees. Yeah. And so... To me, it, it ju- and the, the other thing I would say is this, something like the Institute, and, and you can call it something different, do something different, but something like this, what it does is it creates an undercurrent. So the, the analogy I use is if you've ever been to Whitewater or you know, someplace like that's got a, a lazy river, mm. and you just sit in a, in a raft, an inner tube in the lazy river, and you're just talking to your friend and not paying attention, in about five minutes, you're going to be in a very different place. Right? The right. undercurrent is designed. It just carries you along. Now, you can resist it. You can hold on to the sides, and you can dig your feet, and you can resist it. But if you're just abiding in that lazy river, it, the undercurrent carries you along. What the Institute has done in our church is it's done that with theological training for our congregation. That's not to say every member of our church has it. Right. But you can resist it. You can come to our church and absolutely resist it, of course. But if you come and you're just a part of our church and you just enjoy the life of our congregation, there is an undercurrent of expectation of theological training. Men who want to be graduates, teenagers who are saying to their dad, how come you haven't done the Institute? Mm -hmm. Wives who are saying, I'll support you if you want to do this. New members who say, I, I see this big wall of graduates have called the Institute. How do I do that? What, what's that about? And it's just this undercurrent and expectation that you're going to grow in the Word. And we do some things for ladies. I do a ladies out of theology um, every couple of months. About yeah. 400 ladies show up for that. And so it's the same thing. Our ladies have this expectation. And so you can resist it. But if you're a member of our church for a couple of years, I, I think you're just kind of moved and carried along, hopefully by the pulpit every time somebody preaches. Uh, but also by this expectation of theological training. And one last thing with that, a couple of years ago, my youth pastor came to me and said, hey, can, can teenagers do the Institute? And I thought, I don't know. I never even thought about it. 
And so we said, yes, we'll let them do it, but but they can't. We don't have like a JV level of this. Like if you're doing it, you're doing. You got to go all. You got to go all in. And so we had one high school student who went through it and graduated, and then we had another high school student who went through it and graduated. Right now, we have fourteen high school students, high school boys, high school boys that are part of the institute. <laughs> wow! Who, who are who who are taking a two hundred fifty-five question final exam? And I would take my high school boy students in the institute, and I would put their Bible knowledge against any group of people of any age anywhere. And so what does that do to your youth group? Right. You've got, I've got 14 current students who every time I preach, Wednesday night service, our youth pastor's preaching, these guys are memorizing and studying and learning. They, for, for our life of Christ, they had like 20 or 25 verses they had to memorize by perfection. What's that accountability for me as the preacher, knowing these guys are in the front row listening to me preach? Yeah, that's right. What's happening in other in other guys in the youth group? And mm-hmm. so there's just people visit our church and say, "How do you get teenagers like that?" <laughs> and it's it's just an expectation. Mm-hmm. And the other thing with the institute is there, we don't have any requirements to start. I, we we had a graduate last year who started. He was a brand new convert. He knew nothing. And I said, "This is going to be really hard for you," but. You don't have to pass the test to enter it. You just have to be willing to put the time and commitment in to, to do it. Mm. And so we've had graduates as young as 17, and my oldest, I think, was 82. Wow. And so it just creates a culture of, of learning and of, of theological training. How many students did you have in your very first class? Uh, first class was maybe 25. Okay. Yeah. Then the next year we had COVID, and so we had about 14 and so, and, and so now, after that. now where you are is is you have first year students and second year students at the same time. That's right. Okay. So you're with one of those groups. Well, they're, they're together. So oh, they're together. it's just okay. one one group would go A B. The next year group you. goes B A. So, so everybody's all, in the same class at the same time. Yep. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Michael, just thinking really practical with where we are in Oklahoma. You know, the majority of our pastors are multivocational. Right. They don't have a lot of time. And a lot of those guys don't have theological education themselves. Yet at the same time, I think what you said is very important. If in any church of any any size, yes, somebody comes up and says, "Hey, how can I go deeper? What what do you got here?" He needs to be able to answer that question. What 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 do you what would be your advice if a pastor, a multivocational pastor of a church running thirty, yep, and he's got a forty hour job week job. What advice would you give him to help his church go deeper in right. theological education? So I, I, w- I would tell him what, what I did when I started. The, the precursor to the Institute was a thing I called Iron Man, where I just opened up to any man of our church, and I said, we're going to go through uh, 16 weeks of systematic theology. Got him a systematic theology book. I gave him a chapter assignment. When they came into the room, they had a sign that they had read that day or that week's reading, and then I would teach on what they had just read. Mm-hmm. And we did that for about an hour and a half a week. It was just a semester long. And when it was over, no final exam. Mm-hmm. Just when it's over, it's over. That was the precursor to this. And so to me, if, if, if there's a pastor who says, we're a small church or my time's limited, tell your men, I'm going to take you through 12 weeks, 16 mm-hmm. weeks of, of systematic theology. Pick out your favorite systematic textbook. Let those men buy it. Let them have a little bit of, of cost involved. And then say, we're going to meet once a week. Mm-hmm. And your commitment for 16 weeks is going to be, you're going to be here, you're going to have done the reading, and then I'm going to pour into you. Walk At the through. end of that semester, 
you have just taught men how to read, how to think, how to have a commitment, mm-hmm. and you cannot spend 16 weeks learning systematic theology and it end there. It, right. it can't. It, it's right. going to go on right. in their life, yeah, and right. so you just you just start somewhere with what you can do. But I'm just I'm very very convicted that when a person says, Pastor, I feel called to preach, that our response should not be, okay, great, here's where I'll send you. Mm-hmm. It should be, great, here's what we're already doing, and now here, here's something we can hopefully encourage you to do even more of. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got graduates who have gone on to seminary, and that's great. I've got graduates who have gone on to full-time ministry, and that's great. But most of my graduates are coaching football and selling mm-hmm. insurance and running yeah. their own company. Yeah. But every single night, they're in a living room with a wife yeah. or with children with the opportunity to do or to forfeit the chance to be the spiritual leader in their that's home. Good. And mm-hmm. that's the person that's more great. than anything I want to impact. Michael, thanks so much for being here, brother. You bet. That's- Appreciate what you guys are doing at the church there. It's and if any, if anybody wants to, we don't have it all figured out. And, I, and my way is not the only way. There's other ways. But if somebody has a question or or wants to talk, literally every single week, yeah. I get phone calls from pastors. I'm, I'm more than happy to help them if, if we can. So yeah. if they wanted, let me. I'm just going to put you on the spot. If they wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way? Call you or email you? Either way, call the church. So what's your email? email what's your email, email is Michael M I C H A E L at fbcmustang.org. There you go. Any pastor or anyone's welcome to email me, call me directly, and and they, they can take what we have and use it. That's fine. Or they can take what we have and make it better, modify. Or take Good. what we have and modify it. But if 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 learning more of what we do is a help to a local church, I'm all in. Good, and we can probably put in the show notes what the classes are, what your texts are. I think sure, that's going to be a big question yeah. a lot of guys have. What yeah, that'd be great. Textbooks you're using. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for being here today, brother. Glad Appreciate to do it. you and what you're doing, man. You thanks. Bet. It's a joy. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us uh, again this uh, for this episode of Feeding and Leading. I do want to remind you that if you have questions or comments, uh, we do have an email address. You can email us at podcast at oklahomabaptist.org. And thanks for being with us, and we'll catch you next time on Feeding and Leading. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.